So hi folks, hello once again and you're very welcome along to another program, to another edition of uh, Down Your Way. I'm here in Saturday County this week, I'm at the Tipperary Anna Book Fair here in Feathered. The very beautiful Mary Hanrahan is with me. How are you doing, Mary? <laughs> Good morning, Eamon. Fortigo Fjord, we're delighted to have you back with us again on, on, our, on our Tipperary Anna Book Fair Sunday. That's really interesting. We started our first book fair in 1996 and our focus obviously was Tipperary books, all books, but a special emphasis on Tipperary. And you might remember Rudy Hopsatful. He was a book dealer in Tipperary town and he was here and he, 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 was, he came here the first year, one of our booksellers, but he produced a little booklet. Uh, detailing at the time all the books available relating to Tipperary and he called it Tipperariana and we were really taken with that name so he gifted us that name for our book fair. Now Rudy has gone to the great bookshop in the sky but uh, in a way it's a tribute to him too and to all the book dealers who gave us such support through the years. You mentioned uh, he gave you a small book. My God, there's thousands of books here. (laughs) There are literally thousands of books on every possible subject. Obviously a lot of, um, you know, history books a lot of antiquarian books but also you as you look around yourself you see very general reading we even have postcards upstairs we're delighted this year we have the secondary school pupils from patrician presentation secondary school feathered they're here selling teenage fiction etc so you know again community amen it's about community it's about people it's about being inclusive we're here in this beautiful hall that was restored to a great extent in oh, the last number of years i tell you our ballroom committee should take great great credit you know because the, if you're even just looking at the floor, this floor, and tonight when we're gone, we'll be we'll finish at half four, all going well. we'll everything, all everything you see here, Eamon, and it, as you can see, it's, it's, there's a lot to see. We'll be gone, cleared, and at half eight tonight, they'll be taking to the floor dancing <laughs> in feathered. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still a ballroom of romance. Absolutely, yeah. I remember all those years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, yes. There were times when you come here to people like Joe Dolan and literally there wasn't room to dance. It was shoulder to shoulder. People just packed yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. But so what amazes me about this ballroom just for... for, for it, it, it looks so small. Like in kind of time we were coming dancing and stuff like that. Uh, it was massive. Is, is that a sign, Eamon, of something? Is that what we call nostalgia? Or <laughs> <laughs> looking back? I don't know, it does. But, but I mean, it holds a lot of book dealers. It holds a lot of people. Yeah. It's great. And, and again, it's a community space and it's used for all yeah. kinds of things. So Tell it's wonderful. Tell us about all your book dealers, all the people that have come here today. Oh, my gosh. We have such a range. We have people from all over the country, from Macroom, from Antrim, from Tipperary, of course, as well, from West Cork. So as you as you come around now, Eamon, you'll meet them yourself. And it's... and, and yeah, there are people who come to us regularly, you know, from all over yeah, the country, yeah. and and they, would, they love coming to Feathered. It's wonderful because otherwise, without them, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, you know, it just amazes me. And what you charge coming in is hugely expensive to come in here. <laughs> Isn't it? All of three euros, Eamon. <laughs> oh and God. I know you said it to me the last time you were here. Why don't we put up the prices? And again, three euros, and we do not charge for children. You know, company children are free because again we want it to be you know affordable and accessible and a family day out now also of course we want to make money but i think we can do it with our books etc you know it's just amazing look at the the historical society here uh, just massive as well and they're part of oh well this is our thing i mean you know we we looked at how how do we as you know every organization needs money and how do you make money and uh, Terry Cunningham, of course, a, a stalwart Terry, uh, he came up with the idea of a book fair. I suppose it was a natural progression. We're interested in history, we're interested in books, and the book fair, and this is our fundraiser. So what we make here today will fund our activities for the year. Yeah, absolutely, and what activities go on here in, in Fiddle? Oh, well, well, 
we, we host all kinds of things, Eamon, lectures, obviously we arrange trips away. Um, we've been involved with our local um, heritage officer, and, you know, heritage and heritage council. We do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And of course, we also, during the summer, well, I suppose you'd say from Eastron, we offer a guided walks of Feathered as well. Mm -hmm. And we do our own research too, you know, so there's all kinds of things bubbling away. And we're very pleased that even during COVID, you know, when we couldn't, like we couldn't meet physically, but even during COVID, we managed to launch a booklet on one of our local uh, local um, volunteers that was that was shot during um, you know d during the trouble times. So mm -hmm. we managed to keep things going. So we do we, pr we print various yeah. books and things. And of course, last year we had the publication of the um, the Abbey booklet, and we we hosted the Father Iggy did all of that. Father Iggy Donovan down in the Abbey, but we then hosted the launch and that kind of thing. So it's all kinds of things happening, Eamon. If you're, you know, who knows Park and the Car. I know we did a great program down here uh, maybe a couple of years ago now. Do uh, you know the great walls of feathered? Oh, the walls. Yeah, well, that's I suppose feathered is recognised. I'm sure you've heard me say this before as the finest example of a small medieval wall town name. And most of our wall. And the great thing is now we have our East Park, so you can walk down into the wall. The whole new development that's going on here with the convent that's going to become our, our, our community daycare centre with sheltered accommodation as well. Uh, in what was the former convent garden but that's also going to open up a whole stretch of our town wall so we're going to have nearly a complete circuit so mm -hmm. open and accessible to people who visit feathered that's incredible well, isn't that brilliant too for the historical society you know because you have something coming in the it background all is, the time it is it is and i mean it was one of our stated aims when we started to raise when we started over um, 35 years ago you know there was there was very little awareness of the importance of the town wall I don't think there's anybody now who doesn't I, I, obviously I'm stating that outside of archaeological and academic circles but on a general basis I think too that's because Feathered, uh, because Tipperary has such a wealth of places I mean, you have the rock you have Kerr Castle you have Ormond Castle down in Kerr so they really didn't need need Feathered if I think if we were anywhere else we'd be the jewel in the crown Absolutely, and certainly you're still the jewel in the crown. You may not realise it, but you still are. But we're doing our bit. We're doing yeah, our bit. Yeah, we're flying yeah, yeah. the flag for Feather Damon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, at, if I'm interested in a farming book, which uh, a radio book, would I find one here? I, you absolutely would. And if you wanted a philosophy book, if you wanted gardening, if you wanted crochet, if you wanted an antiquarian book, if you were looking for a particular book, you just might be lucky. Mm -hmm. We often find people are looking for something mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to get it. It's out of print, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they come here and w either we'll have it on our stock one of these dealers will have it. I just got the idea there when people are listening to this program, you know, in, in a week or two or whenever, uh, if they, if they realise, yeah, I could get that book, is there any way for them to, to... Well, they can always reach out to us. History at feather.com is obviously the, 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 um, the easiest way to do it. And, um, and on there, they'll get contact numbers, etc. Yeah. You get tons of books. You, you we may not do. Oh, my gosh. I mean, look. As you look around today, we've literally we've hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books of all kinds again, as I say, including children's books. Uh, yes, when it's all over, uh, we decide what we're going to keep for next year, and then we have an arrangement with the, with the National Council of the Blind of Ireland, and they whatever we don't want, they take and we donate that to them. So, you know, sustainable, you know, and mm -hmm. books are moving on, but uh, they're going to a good cause. You have some special people here today and some special prizes. We have. We have some very special people here today and some very special authors. Of course, we have the winner of this year's Tipperary Anna Book of the Year Award, Dr. Willie Nolan, and uh, I'm sure you'll be talking to him later. Uh, he won the Tipperary Anna Book of the Year Award for his book, um, Remember the Rising, 
uh, oh, sorry, Remember 48, Young Ireland and the Rising. So two volume book, I suppose we would now consider it as the definitive history of the, the Rising of 1948. Absolutely. Tell me about the book that was launched uh, only last week. Oh yes, we have a, a local girl, local woman here, uh, Clodagh Sweeney, and she had a very special daughter, Kerry, who unfortunately died when she was just 14 years old. And as a tribute to her daughter and the inspirational and at times challenging journey they had, uh, Clodagh's written a beautiful book. It's launched literally on Thursday night in the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel, and we're thrilled she's here with us today uh, with her lovely book. And you'll get a chance to talk to her too, Eamon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a real sad story. A very sad story, a very sad story, but also a very inspirational story. You know, and as I say, a beautiful tribute to a beautiful girl. So what keeps you going year after year, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> well, when we started the Historical Society, our stated aim, we had some very serious aims, obviously, you know, raise the profile of the town walls, you know, uh, honour our heritage, uh, inform the next generation but I suppose basically too we like-minded people coming together to have a bit of fun and as you'll see going around here today I mean I think the book fair bears that out too because every year we have people coming back you know from various parts of the county and further afield and there's a lot of there's a real social aspect to it too Eamon so it's about meeting people connecting with people in over shared interests you know. Tell me just uh, putting this book uh, fair t- it didn't just start uh, this morning. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I suppose it's been going on. We've been planning this, I suppose, since last November and reaching out to the book dealers, making sure, and them coming back and contact, contacting us. Uh, so, um, obviously, we keep track of all the books that are published in Tipperary throughout 2023. And of course, Mary Guinan Darmody and Tipperary Studies are invaluable help there, uh, keeping us informed and, and up to date. And then we, you know, uh, we reach out then to various authors to see if they want to come. And um, yes, there's a lot of work. And like we were here Friday setting up. We were here all day yesterday, you know, sorting books and making sure we had things in order and fielding phone calls and queries from people. And then we're here from first thing this morning. And we'll be here, as I say, until about 7, seven o'clock this evening, Eamon. Absolutely. <laughs> Mary Hanron, it's always a great pleasure. Every success for today. You look special. Thanks a million, Eamon. Thank you so very much indeed. Okay. We get take a very first break. We're back just after these. Indeed, you're very welcome back to Down Your Way. Claude Sweeney is with me. Claude, how are you? Hi, how are you, Kiefer? You have an amazing amount of books here in front of you. I do. Um, I wrote a book which I launched in the Talbot Hotel in Clamel on Thursday night, Carry My Inspiration. So it's with about my daughter, Kerry, who was born with severe cerebral palsy and brain damage due to an incident at birth and um, she passed away on her 16th birthday and um, it just shows the inspiration of a child like my daughter Kerry and what a child like Kerry can achieve and not what she can't achieve and um, the turmoils that Kerry did go through it's a happy story it's a sad story but it's an inspirational story it's reality it's raw and honest um, no nonsense, and the tribulations she went through with the HSE as well. It's just an amazing story in, in, in many parts. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, kind of being pregnant, getting your daughter, and the next thing things go wrong. It's just, it just, just an amazing story. Yeah, you don't expect when you're going in to have your child that um, something will go wrong. It was the last thing that I, I expected, to be quite honest. But um, unfortunately, the midwife that uh, the second midwife that attended wasn't fully qualified, and um, ran into problems, and there was no one there to help. And um, 
that's basically what happened. But at the end of the day, the way I look at it is um, Kerry lived, she breathed, she kept going, she fought as much as, as hard as it was, she fought so hard to breathe for 16 years. So I couldn't be cross, I couldn't be cross. I'd 16 beautiful years to her. They were hard at times, um, very little sleep involved, but she was the most amazing little girl that you could ever wish for and a blessing. She was the best blessing along with my other daughter, Lucy. Just an inspiration in child is just unbelievable. And then when you have to say goodbye, it must be just unbelievable as well. Yeah, it's heartbreaking too. When you lose a child like Kerry, who was 24 seven, she was like, um, like even during the night, you had to get up to give her medication. So she really was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then you have people like the nurses, um, like the health nurses that come and visit your doctors, your CRC. Not alone do you lose your daughter, but you lose all those people with that with you. So not alone are you mourning the loss of your child, but you're mourning the loss of all these people who were so involved with you in your life. And you go from, you know, constantly going, going, going to then everything is gone. It's just a complete and utter loss in every respect of the word. And not being able to hold her because she loved being held. Her favourite place was in my arms, in the corner of the chair. And not to be able to hold her is... There is no words. There actually is no words. Absolutely not. How did you get over it? Or how are you getting over it? Maybe right um, this book really, really helped. Um, my family have been amazing um, on both sides. They've been absolutely amazing, great support, and I've great um, friends as well. Um, I started for myself, I started getting acupuncture and Reiki healings to help me with my grief, um, which has re really, really helps me and it's pulling me through. And so much so that I actually, the lady that was giving me Reiki healings, I trained under her and I now give Reiki healings to people. And it gives me so much joy. And when I do the Reiki healings, it's like it's a double whammy because Kerry comes into every single healing. And I literally now, even when I'm sitting here, I, since the day she passed, I can feel Kerry still breathing inside me. Our bond was just, we were inseparable. We were literally inseparable, me and Kerry. And for that, I am so, so grateful because to be able to feel your own child literally breathing inside you still, and she's gone four and a half years, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful feeling, so it is. And um, Kerry gives me strength every day. There's no doubt, I feel her around me all the time. And um, I managed to build a house, especially for Kerry. And the minute you walk into the house, you feel Kerry's presence continuously. She's just, um, she'll never be forgotten. How oh, is the rest of your family coping? It's hard to them, especially I feel for my mum. Mammy is 82 years of age and um, Mammy was with me every step in the way, as in like appointments. I ended up at one stage having to go to England with Kerry to have an operation and um, she used to get Botox injections every 12 weeks up in Dublin and um, in the latter years she came to all those appointments with me and to hospital appointments, far away ones and she was just a tower of strength to me and at 82 years of age to lose your grandchild, it's heartbreaking.
it's heartbreaking and she's one of the strongest people I know but having Kerry been taken from her really has had its toll. The other side of it is uh, you have to get up and go yourself. You do. I've got another gorgeous girl, Lucy. Um, she's 17 um, this month and um, I was very blessed, very blessed to have her because she's the reason you get up and breathe every single day but um, and she keeps me going and she's fun and we have such good memories. We t all of us, we talk very openly about Kerry. Kerry is never um, not spoken about and Lucy misses her terribly but um, we constantly keep her memory alive and um, it's just, do you know, we'd, Kerry was a really, really happy child so we try and enhance all that and I feel Kerry passed away on her 16th birthday and she passed away on her 16th birthday for a reason. So our life would be a celebration and not a sad occasion. And for that, we have to be grateful for that and to enhance Kerry's wishes. Tell me about the book. It's going to be definitely for sale all over the country, I'm sure. Well, I'm trying to get it into bookshops. I self-published, so it's not as easy. So I have to physically go around myself. Um, at the moment, it's in the Honeypot in Clamel. It's in the Bookworm in Thurless as of tomorrow. It's hopefully going to be in Kilkenny on Wednesday. Um, it's also in the book market in Clamel, Jimmy O'Sullivan's pharmacy here in Feathert. Um, so I only launched it on Thursday, so I'm only starting to get out and about now. But um, anyone that is willing to take on Kerry's book, I'd be delighted and all profits that are made are going to go into a trust to help other families. I, I don't want to make any profits from the book. I just want to give back and hopefully it'll help other families. Quite difficult to kind of to move it all. It'd be fantastic to get a topless publisher and, and to get out there all over, the, all over the country because this deserves nationwide appeal. Yeah, um, I, did, um, I did go to a couple of publishers but um, because of the nature of the book um, some places just said it wasn't for them and but they said it was an inspiration book certain publishers certain times of years they do books like this um, but most of them actually said they'd never done a book like this but um, the book is very precious to me so I wanted to be able to keep the rights to the book as well I was afraid in case the rights would be taken from me um, because at the end of the day Kerry is my daughter I don't want I wouldn't want anything tainted in the book or changed or, and it's, um, it is such a beautiful story, as sad as it is at times, but it's a happy book, it's inspirational. It shows what a child like Kerry can achieve. When people see a child like Kerry in a wheelchair, some people would feel pity, but in actual fact, Kerry was never like that. Kerry was, um, she brought so much joy to people and anyone that was ever around Kerry always said that. They always felt happy around her, that she brought so much joy and they felt that their lives were enriched for meeting Kerry. And that I definitely do. Claudia, it's a great pleasure meeting you. We want to wish you really good luck into the future. Uh, thanks for sharing some of those memories with me. And uh, look, at, we're always around and uh, to say hello and uh, every success to you in the, into the future. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you ever so much. You're very welcome back uh, to Down Your Way. We're here in Fiddle this week in South of the County at uh, Fiddle Fest, uh, the Tipperary and at the Ward and all of that. Uh, Pat Flynn is with us. How are you doing, Pat? I'm fine, Eamon. Yeah. Uh, you're still uh, 
fooling away, as I say. Fooling yeah, away at the old books. You enjoy them all? I love the old books. Yeah. Look behind you there now, you can see there's lots of stuff from Joe Dolan, Dickie Rock. Yeah. There's a signed copy now with Joe's, which is scarce enough. Oh, the GA story, Tommy Dale, Tony Wall, Father Cannon Fogarty's. Um, there's loads of GA stuff there. And you go to a lot of these book fairs that uh, you people I, I used to, I used to. But uh, diesel has gone very expensive, you know. <laughs> No, but you're do, meeting so many people all day. You're always you meet people from all over the place, from Cork to Belfast for you. Good, yeah, yeah. And lovely crowd of people to meet, have a chat, cup of tea, sandwich. And um, it's a, fa- a, fa- a fabulous hobby. It is a grand old hobby. But it's it's see the internet now of a lot of things destroyed. You can pick up a lovely old book there. And it could be a hundred years old, and you, you can take your phone out of your pocket, and you, you can read the same thing out of it. You know, it's it's that's what it's gone to now. I think the internet is great, and it's terrible. You know, it's it's a good thing, it's a brilliant thing, but it, 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 it destroys a lot of different things. You know, there's the, the programs there for the centenary year in in in, in, in Tullus. Yeah, yeah, great, great times. You have a lovely little stand here. You bring it with you, do you, a lot of it? Oh, I do, yeah, I bring all that with me this morning. Yeah. I bring as much more if I had room here, but sure I haven't. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a copy, there's a, a, a collection of books. I've never seen a full collection of those. The Great, the Great War. War, yeah, yeah, The Great War. I have a full collection of those, and I've never seen a full collection in my life. You'd see them on the internet, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. but I've never seen the full collection. So, so, so you'll definitely find maybe a customer here. I hope I will. Yeah. Pay for the diesel coming down here, man. <laughs> and a cup of tea. Yeah, I should That's love it. It's a you great know? hospitable place. It is grand, it is grand. Nice people down around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and you do the you do the car boot sale as I well. I do that another old time too, so mm-hmm. you're up there next week, I heard. Yeah, I'm doing a show there, yeah. yeah I sure might talk to you up there next week. Absolutely. Yeah, all different ball game now next week. Different setup. Different sure setup. We'll have a chat on you. Anyway. All right, Jim. That's Linda's every success to you. Thanks to me, Damon. Dr. William Nolan as well as congratulations uh, William Nolan on uh, getting receiving Tipperariana Award twenty twenty three. Yeah, thank you very much, Emma. Yeah, it was a it's always great to uh, be recognised in your own county and by your own people and really I've been coming to the Feather Book Fair for years and years, I think it's gone for 22 years or something now so under my other hat as a publisher, Geography Publications uh, we used to come here every year but the books are getting a bit heavy to carry now so sometimes we, we come every second year but we're here this year and I see now there's a great turnout here, great yeah, crowd. Absolutely. Tell us about the book and, it's, and the story behind it. Oh, well, the story behind uh, the Young Ireland book is it's a long, it's a long drawn out one because uh, I began working on it back in uh, the 1980s, I would think. Uh, like we did a book on Tipperary, Tom O'Grand, myself called Tipperary History and Society. Mm-hmm. And one of the first essays in that uh, book was one by Nicholas Manstra on the local dimensions of revolution. And actually, he talked about visiting uh, the Widow McCormick's house, as it was known then. Mm-hmm. It's now, of course, the Famine War House, uh, 1848. But he visited because he had read an article by Michael Fitzgerald from Ballingarry and the Sunday Press 
about the war house and the way it had been neglected. And the man who owned it, Dan Morris, had died some time previously, and the house was used then as an outside farm, and it was in danger of, well, declining, in danger of decay. So I think maybe Nicholas Mansell's article and Michael Fitzgerald inspired a few of us, like uh, Tom McGrath, Tommy Cavanagh and Ballingarry and the Martin Marr and a lot of other people. And we all got involved. Uh, we set up a little society. Like, to do anything in Ireland, you have to set up a little committee or whatever. So we set up a little committee, uh, the Ballingarry Young Ireland 1848 Society. And oh, there was a lot of work went on in that, and it took a long time, maybe 10, 15 years, before we got everything in a sense that was necessary. First of all, was we needed to preserve the house. The house needed to be uh, preserved for posterity. And also, I think we were conscious of the fact that the house had to be taken into state care. Because uh, 48 is mentioned, not specifically now, in the proclamation of 1916. It's one of the six times in which the Irish people rose out in arms, as it were, to uh, get their uh, independence, or to try for independence. Uh, so we thought it was significant that uh, it was an important building. In some respects, it was in the same league as the GPO and a lot of the 98 buildings. So we thought it imp uh, the proper that the it should be taken to state care. And lucky enough there was kind of connections at that time and of course Martin Manstra was uh, in fall TD for Tipperary and he was involved in the Office of Public Works and that that was under his direction and uh, a girl from Ballingarry, Claire McGrath, she was the chairperson of the Office of Public Works and that gave us a bit of a, a lean to into the, uh, the corridors of power let's say and betwixt them between then uh, as you know the house was taken into state care it was declared a national monument, first of all. Uh, the state bought the Office of Public Works, and they did a great job in um, uh, the, the conservation of the house and the reconstruction of it, according to the principles as to what it was like in 1848. I was uh, chatting with Tom McGrath there in Kilcash, the celebration of Kilcash there last summer, and um, in relation to seven, or 1848, and he invited me to visit the war house and... Uh, and the whole museum type of thing and uh, we didn't get around to doing it but maybe this year yeah I hope because I think one of the things about the, it's, it's a kind of a forgotten revolution in a sense I think the historians have forgotten about it because they would have uh, maybe preferred if there was about a thousand casualties but in some respects it's a model revolution as far as you need four or five casualties you know but I think it's much more significant not in a military sense but in a literary and ideological sense because what happened, of course, after 48, uh, Young Ireland came to an end, uh, O'Connell's repeal movement came to an end, but these people travelled all over the world, and everywhere they went, they kind of espoused the uh, independence of Ireland from British rule. And the big thing, of course, the big influence of 48 was that the people who went to America, they, and they became the most significant drivers of Irish independence. Because one of the people who was at Ballingarry was uh, James Stevens. He was a very young man, I think he was about 22. But James Stevens, uh, in 1858, he founded the Irish Republican Brotherhood in Dublin. And in America, John O'Mahony and Michael Dohany from Feathertear, they founded uh, the Fenian Brotherhood. Uh, and, and those two organisations 
uh, merged together in some respects and they began to conduits uh, for Irish independence and Irish freedom because from the Fenians you came down to the IRB, you came down through to 1916 and that was when the whole... And 1848 really, I think the lessons of 1848 was all the literature of that period. They, they, they gave a whole background to why Ireland uh, should be independent and they went back into history to prove in the past we had been an independent nation and we'd been a great nation, that we had uh, a language of our own and that we have a great uh, literary heritage. And they went back. Now, they didn't write Irish, quite a lot of them, but what they did was to use the Irish sources and they used the, the, the help of people like John O'Donovan and uh, Eugene O'Corry. They developed kind of a great interest in the past in Ireland and through that they built up an idea that, well, we seem to have been an important nation one time. and We had our own independence, we had our own kings. Uh, the country was ruled by individual families, as it were, throughout the, throughout the whole provinces. And I think that background, they said, well, why shouldn't we be a nation again? We're as much entitled as the English or the Welsh or the Scots to call ourselves a nation and to get our own independence and run our own affairs. Out of time, but I know congratulations, of course, on the award. But you have several publications to your credit over the years, and some great, some some some, some great. Yeah, we have about uh, in all of, in relation to Tipperary, we've published uh, twenty books um, of, uh, about Tipperary. For example, if I talk about Feather, for example, we have a great book. Michael O'Donnell, who died a couple of years ago, Michael did a great book on the history of Feather. Just out the road, with a great man uh, from Lisrona, uh, Owen O'Neill, Colonel Owen O'Neill. And Colonel Owen O'Neill, we published a great book on him on South Tipperary, a book called Yvonne. We go to Clonmel, we published a book by Michael O'Donnell, uh, sorry, not Michael O'Donnell, Sean O'Donnell, on Clonmel. And Sean did two books, two great books on, on Clonmel. If I go back to North Tipperary, uh, we published a great book, a biography of uh, Morris Davin, which was uh, written by Seamus O'Reen, former president of the Gaelic Celtic Association. And really also in relation to Feathered, we published a very good uh, account of a servant's life in a way. It was Mary Healy's book, uh, For the Poor and for the Gentry, where she talked about working for the gentry as a maid in the early days of the 20th century. And we also published a book on Thurlis. It was a kind of a collection of essays for Dr. Morris and various things like that over the years. So we've been... We've been fairly uh, a bit busy, I suppose you could say. <laughs> Absolutely, look at that. great life, a great life story as well. Uh, terrific to, to say hello to them down your way here in Fitter today, uh, just down the road from Belengary for the most part. Yes, it's indeed. Well, I'm, I'm actually well, I'm I'm from um, Glengool really, but I, I belong, as I say, I spiritually belong to Gortonhoe Glengool, but physically I belong to Belengary because I'm over the hill. And we were drawn more towards Ballingarry, in a sense, than towards Glengool. And then my mother came from Ballingarry and my father from Glengool Parish. So I'm a kind of a mixture of Ballingarry and Gortnehoo. Historian Dr. William Nolan, every thank success you. and thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I hope Indeed, you're very welcome back to the final part of uh, Down Your Way. I was getting hungry a little bit earlier. I said I'd drop in for a cup of tea into the kitchen. How are you? Oh, very well, thanks. It's going very well. Um, and your name is? Uh, my name is Joan, and we have some girls from the transition year helping us. They come every year, and we just do this as a facility just for them. For the occasion? Yes, yeah. 
And what a special occasion. Absolutely. The book fair is just one of the most incredible uh, festivals to kind of go on. It's not really a festival, but my God, do they come from all over. And yeah, we get busy baking and have the facility, you know, for them. It's absolutely brilliant when people come here. It's just magic to get a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, whatever. 100%. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100% yeah. Do you want to look at, nice to say hello. I know you're, you're kind of busy trying to deal with people and all the rest. We really want to wish you well and thanks indeed for the hospitality and all of that kind of thing. No problem. Thank you very much indeed. Teresa Gushelbarra. How are you, Teresa? I'm good, thank you. I like the name. Well, it's it's an Austrian name originally. But I've been, I've been in Ireland 35 years now. Yeah. Not that the accent would so tell you that. Home, is this home from home now? Well, it's definitely home, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Tell us about uh, your book and your and all of that kind of story here from Clonmel. Well, I'm I run Clonmel Appefest. We've been in business for six years now, and in the last three years, we've made books uh, uh, in conjunction with community writers from the area, so people who volunteer to uh, harvest stories. And so, the first year, we did a, a book around migrants, around people who came into. Cl- into the region from elsewhere in Europe or further afield. And then last year we did a book on the artisans of Clamel. And so we had a selection of artisans, people who work with their hands in the Clamel area. And then in 2023 we did a book that was extremely popular called The Elders of Clamel. So all the people, you kind of need to be over 75 to qualify you know which so and we had a a lovely nomination process where people suggested someone and so we got a selection of 13 older people and 13 writers meeting them and uh, sharing the story of these people and how they grew up in Clamel and what what would they do as children and as young people in Clamel and and also what businesses they might have started here and it's very popular, it's in its fourth print run. We're very proud that we're using a local printer, Line Print from Cashel. Very, very good, excellent business uh, that I would highly recommend for anyone who's looking for a print service, especially books. A lovely man as well. And um, so, yeah, we were, we're here today at the fair to uh, sell the book for 12 euros. Or two for 20. <laughs> and uh, next year for 2024, we're hoping to do a project around apple trees and orchards. And so, quite a few of them around Lanmel. Yeah, indeed. And so we'll be looking for people to submit stories around you know, orchards they know of or knew of, because I think Clamel used to have a lot more orchards than it has now, at least, you know, private orchards. I mean, of course, there's Bulmers now. But there used to be lots of small orchards in the town itself. Oh, lovely, lovely. So lovely story. And indeed, look at that. We wish you well. We're t- getting tidy on time, I on the program. But uh, every success to you. Thank you very much, Jim. James and Brida Hayes are with me. Uh, we're in front of the stage. And they're telling the story of the Glenada Hello and Beyond. How are you doing, folks? Very well, thank you. Yeah, Congratulations on, on the book. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Impre- it looks impressive. Thank you, it is, it is. There's, only one, there's only one bullet in it. Yep. <laughs> the other very well, yeah. The other side of it all is, of course, it is an impressive place. Uh, it's Lenderbach Hall. There is, 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 there
Look at that. Congratulations, Andy, on the book, and I hope it does well. Do you, if people are not here today, but they listen to it on the radio, how can they get the book? Oh, Fitzpatrick's printers. They can get it in the... In the Tarlis in a in bookworm, it's a bookworm. Tarlis, yeah, and she's at uh, Captain Connell's in Bansha, and the butchers in Bansha, and then it's in um, Maroney's, Maroney's in Ferdinand. They could yeah. also get it in Mitchellstown. The yeah. um, favourite in Mitchellstown have it, yeah. That's a wooden part of it, and she's a man that built up Mitchellstown Creamery. Down your way, we might get to to see Glenavarhalo, maybe and maybe from you guys, and maybe do a bit of a tour of it and all that kind of thing, maybe. Well, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Listen, every success, and thanks for being with us on the program. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Sean Nugent is with me. How are you doing, Sean? I'm great. I'm great now. Lovely to be here today at the Feather Book Fair. Great crowd, great footfall, and that, and. Great chats with people, I suppose that's one of the big things I find about it. There are certain people that I meet only once a year, and that's, that's a feather book fair. <laughs> yeah, and you still have a massive collection. I still have a good bit of stuff. I'm trying to get rid of it now because I'm afraid that someone else will get rid of it if I don't get rid of it, you know? Yeah. So that's. It, it, when you're talking about getting rid of it, it's just uh, sell it slowly, isn't well, it? Well, uh, wind, winding down as far as uh, book collections are concerned. Yeah. But you're dragged into it over the years, aren't you? Actually, yeah, like, yeah, once you have stuff and you match programs, I suppose, particularly, although the, the book fair here now isn't really. Um, is not really a GA book. Well, there's a lot of great GA material here now, and great, great books and that. But it's um, it's probably more over historical um, books and that kind of thing, you know. The former chairman, of course, of the GA here in County Tipperary, and indeed, uh, fantastic knowledge of the sport and and indeed of the the people that's involved in it. Well, of course, you'd, you'd learn your way as you come up along. Like I worked with great people uh, on my way up, I suppose, and uh, I, I hope that I learned from them like uh, a lot about I suppose the history of the association and maybe I suppose the way to manage things and that as well like so again a bit of experience I suppose uh, from from those great people of, of the past. Yeah the last time we were chatting with you you were doing the field down in Kilchilan. That's right uh, Eamon yeah yeah we're, we're, we're after making great progress now in in 2023 we hope to be Opening it for play uh, uh, sometime around May, maybe towards the end of May, depending on, on the growth, I suppose, you know, because those sand based pitches, like, they take a little bit of time to yeah. before you can win on them, like, to, to play. But weather and, and growth and things in the spring here now will, will tell a tale. But we're, we're, we're hoping everything, everything seems to be fine. Um, we're looking forward to seeing our teams and other teams as well from around the division and that taken taken to the field there in uh, in the year ahead. This is our centenary year, you know, and we were founded uh, in 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 uh, 1924. The present club was founded, although we go back to the very early days of the association in the parish in regard to playing football, particularly, and and then Horan came into the scene as we as we developed. Speaking of, of football, you had a, a massive team in your day, but I was down with uh, P.T. Savage last week. We were doing a programme in, in Arfinan. That's right, and yeah. Fantastic. Season. Over to the opening of the new field down in Kinchiland. And, Grand, uh, and, and maybe you'll come that day. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Lovely. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Eamon. Good to be with us, Sean. Great. Thanks, Eamon. Petty Cunningham, one of the founder members of, uh, of, the, of the book club. Yeah, OK, the book fair here in Federal, yeah, thanks, uh, Eamon, yeah. That's true, yeah, I mean... It was 1996, it was yeah. the first one, because actually 
to the RA ceasefire of 94. I went up to Armagh, one godchild. I went up to meet my friend who was here today, James Evalley, he was a book dealer, and he told me about book fairs. And I came home, and the following year, we ran the book fair here, started in 96. All so, right, yeah. so, yeah. Got so. some strength and strength, uh, and it's, it's a nice idea. Okay, it was a great idea. I mean, there was a couple of things, like, obviously to, the idea was to make some funds for the historical society, but the other reason is also is to to save some books. People didn't know people were dumping them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? If you, and now at least people give them to us. That makes yeah. money for us to donate books to us, and we sell them, and it saves the books, if you know what I mean. Yeah, There's yeah, five yeah. or six hundred people come through the place yeah. and dealers, so... Mm-hmm at least they're not dumped the books you know, mm-hmm. and there's people looking for it so it's no it's it, it worked from it worked from year one yeah. it worked from year one and as well as that you have some fantastic contributors as well you know with the stalls here year after year yeah no it is great i mean there's there is the, no it works it's funny uh, success if punters come if they the dealers come and if dealers come punters come you have to keep you have to keep get keep rolling. Them, you have to keep them all happy. You have to keep it rolling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, it's a, a success breeds success. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah. As, a, as you know, like the authors too, we try to get people uh, from the previous year who write Tipperary books to give them a free stall yeah. and they come and sell their books and talk to the country. And yeah. people come. It's like kind of the old horse fairs of all. My father talking about it. You wouldn't meet people only every year. I'm down that country, he's got a Tallahars Fair, and it's the same here. People they meet here every year, you know, yeah, people, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, that's it's kind of it's kind of like that. It's a meeting place and it's a meeting shop. That kind of Kenny Cunningham, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for sending a lot to us here. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I mean, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So that's our programme for this week. My thanks to all our guests on this week's programme. Don't forget, we'll be back with another edition of Down Your Way at the same time next week. From all of us on the programme, have a very good week. Bye-bye.